Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest and greatest bonus episode of Game Rivals. I'm one of your hosts, Maximilian X, and as always with me is the lovable, the huggable, the man who says PlayStation 2 is the best. <laughs> Sean Templar. How's it going, Sean? I'm good. I never said that, but I'm good. How are you? I am very good. Um... We are here for another bonus episode. This is a continuation of the the origins stories for us. Yeah. Uh, in terms of uh, our gaming origins, uh, last time we, we we already had two previous episodes. If you haven't checked them out, please check them out. They're on YouTube. They're on our podcast uh, services. So where you're, wherever you're listening to this or wherever you're watching us from, um, it's there. Please go check it out. We will be referring to stuff that we discussed earlier. Um, so as, as long as so that you don't get lost in what we're talking about, uh, please do check them out um, because we'll be continuing our story from uh, from there on out. So uh, we talked about previously, we talked about uh, the handhelds that we uh, played and the handhelds that we owned. Um, let's talk about our later years. So... Um, when I when I was in well when I was ending high school, that's when the GameCube and the PlayStation Two came out. I don't know how old you were at the time, but I was in high school. I was about to finish high school. I cannot remember. I think I got the PS Two like in its second year. Okay. Yeah. Because I got the GameCube in launch year. I, I remember when it came out, it was, was a thousand guilders, the, the place you Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah. Because the GameCube was way cheaper. Yeah, it was a thousand <laughs> I don't guilders. remember the price, but yeah. it was way cheaper. Yeah. Um, but I do remember the price of... Um, I do remember the price of the, of, the, of the Game Boy Advance that I bought. It was 200... I think it was 270... 279 guilders that's pretty okay it was before it was before it was right before the euro kicked in because mm. the euro kicked in like what 2002 or wait was it a thousand guilders it could have been a could it have been a thousand euros no that would no be that would be too much a thousand guilders i think because uh th- because uh because like one euro was like 2.2 guilders something like that yeah so it would have been like 500 uh, euros if that's the case it was a thousand guilders because it came out in the time of the guilder and it mm-hmm. was like a thousand um but the price came down really quickly though um it didn't stay at a thousand for long like in the launch year because it came out in 2021 um it was the first i think it was the first console out of the gate if i'm not mistaken in europe um oh no i'm being Hang on. It um, was. I think it was a thousand guilders. Yeah. Yeah, that was when it launched. I don't think it was still a thousand euros when you bought. No, 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 no. You bought it. No, you're yeah. right. Yeah, and I think it was around like five, six hundred euros, which is like the price that we still pay for it <laughs> these yeah. days. So, um, so yeah, that is. Uh, I mean, I I didn't buy it. My my parents bought me my GameCube. Mm. Um. And I was still in high school. So it was like, I think my third. It was either my third. Yeah, it was my third year in high school. And high school here is a little bit different. Um, So it would be the equivalent. The US equivalent would be I was in 
11th, 10th or 11th grade, something like that. Um, so I got that and I got a second controller, but the controller was a third party controller. It was really bad. It broke loose. I remember I back tried then. To I tried to fix it bad. myself, but I couldn't put it back together. Yeah, I think I think like back then, I th- I think the quality for third party stuff has improved these days. But like back then, yeah. there was some really crappy, cheapy third party mm-hmm. stuff out there. Yeah, people are like, "Oh, Mad Cats is the worst." It's like, no, there were worse stuff than Mad Cats. Yeah, you me. Yeah, um, Trust was one of them. Oh, apparently, trust. trust has improved. So I still don't trust Trust. Game- at least their gamer stuff has apparently improved, but yeah, yeah um, no. years of not having good trust products has put a sour taste in in our mouths, yeah. uh, as it were. Um, it's the same with like Packard Hell, but that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so at least that doesn't exist anymore. Um, so we don't know if they would ever they would have ever improved on their stuff, but um, yeah, I mean, like, how old were you when you got that? Um, when we got the PlayStation 2. I think I was around 10, maybe. Mm. Something like that. 9, 10. Did you, do you remember like what you got with that? I didn't get a game with it. So I used to really? rent all my... Just do the... Oh, okay. You rented games. Yeah, because yeah, I, I got it as a, a surprise gift from, from my aunt. And... Ah. Um, it came with this demo disc, so I played some games like Wipeout and SSX, the snowboarding game. And then yeah. I remember the very first game I rented for it. It was this, I think it was a Square Enix game. It was called, I think, The Bouncer, was it called? Oh, no, no, was it, seriously? Was it that? Was it, was, I think it was that Oh, my game. gosh, did you rent The Bouncer? I think it was The Hang Bouncer. Let me, let me check. If you got it, when did you get Like 2002? 2001, 2002? Three. Yeah, the Bouncer was the first game I played on. Uh, is it oh 2000 Beat'em-Up from Squaresoft? Gosh. Yeah, yeah, that was the game I played on it. It was the first game I actually rented. So my first proper oh, PS2 game. Yeah, That's rough going, kid. <laughs> I, I, I honestly enjoyed it. I really enjoyed that game. Because as really? I, you know, it's, it's because, like I said, back then, we weren't as picky or maybe as critiquing games True. as now. So like... A lot of games were just your your bar for fun was lower, you know, because you're just like I'm just playing what I can, and a lot of stuff mm. was just fun to play. You you wouldn't mind if it didn't look as pretty or if it <laughs> if it didn't uh, play as nice. You're like, oh, I'm just uh, am I having fun with this game? Yeah, okay, cool, let's go on. <laughs> yeah, because it has because right now because currently it has have an infamous reputation of not being that great it's also a game that was designed by tatsuya nomura who really is, of course yeah wow who's the who's the current like head director of like all things mainline final fantasy um I and kingdom hearts of course yeah. yeah i mean if you look at the character design you can t- totally tell that it's like yeah yeah design. definitely you know the spiky hair and like the belt buckles and the zippers and everything the, the the main character looks like a prototype for Sora. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was. So, um, considering that this came out in two thousand, yeah, yeah, odds are it was. Yeah, well, yeah, at least two thousand in Japan. It didn't come out in Europe until two thousand twenty-one. Uh, two thousand one. Mm. 
<laughs> oh good grief yeah sorry yeah so yeah um early square enix title yeah what was your All first right, game okay. on the gamecube Ooh, i didn't have a game for a really long time i bought this the game no i mean like the first game. one you played i played i think the first game that i played was either oh this is a really long time ago i have to really think about it i think uh, I I want to say it was, um, I want to say it was Smash Brothers Melee. That long? But I might be getting no because Smash Brothers Melee didn't came out in the launch year of the GameCube. Um, or or it was Mario Sunshine. Oh, that one. I, think I really Mario liked Sunshine Mario was Sunshine. I like Mario Sunshine. Really? Yeah, I did. I played it a little bit. I like the jetpack, you know, and then you could just uh, go around with your water. Uh... Okay, no, because that came out in July 2022, so it was it was Smash, yeah. But that's because I was a big fan of like the original Smash, <clears throat> even though I did not own an N64. Mm-hmm. My neighbor owned an N64, and we played a lot of Smash. Mm. Um, and like again, the the my cousin's friend also got Smash, so we played a lot there too. Nice. Um, so yeah, Smash was the first thing on my list. Uh, I saw Luigi's Mansion and I was like, a Luigi game? Why do I care? I loved that. <laughs> I liked you, Luigi's and Mansion. Then, and then, and then I found out that it was a good seven-hour game. I was like, well, yeah. gosh darn it! I kind of, again, I kind of regret not getting. I like Luigi's Mansion. I, you know, the thing is, I, um, uh, my first game on the GameCube that I played was Star Wars Rogue Squadron. I remember fondly because it was like one of those demo thingies at a Bart Smith. So like yeah. I played a lot of Rogue Squadron, and I, I, at least the demo, and I really liked it. And then um, uh, my stepbrother got gifted a GameCube from uh, his uncle. I think we still have that GameCube. It's a, wow, I think okay. it's a black one. It was the Legend of Zelda blah, blah, blah edition that had this disc included with all sorts of Legend of Zelda games on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the yeah. demo for the too. yeah the demo for the Wind Waker was on it, and all the the yeah. NES and SNES game uh, Zelda's were on it, and I think also Ocarina of Time and stuff like that. Yeah, and so it had the NES games, it had Ocarina of Time, and yeah. the Ocarina of Time, the Master Quest, and Majora's Mask. Yeah, and then it also included Mario Kart Double Dash, which we played a lot of. And mm. I mean, I don't know if that's a good Mario Kart game, but we personally like it's a a lot of people love them. Yeah, I like I really liked it, but I was always more of the PlayStation kind of guy. So like sometimes at when at this video rental place that I helped out, they would get new game cube games, and we try some that. Like that's where I tried Luigi's Mansion, and that's where mm. I tried Resident Evil Four, and then that one yeah. eventually came to PS2, and I played that on PS2. Yeah, yeah I, that was my first proper Resident Evil game because before that. I was like, I don't like horror games, so and I'm gonna stay away because it was pretty scary back then, you know, the horror games. <laughs> but uh, Resident Evil Four was like the first one I bought, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna go for it, and I enjoyed Resident Evil Four. Yeah. Same here, same here. Yeah. yeah, I bought it when it came out on GameCube because it was a GameCube excuse exclusive at the time. And you know what the funny part is? Because Capcom at the time was like, this game will never come to another console. <laughs> I know. Me, fast forward to 2022. It's on Everything. VR. Yeah, it's on a potato. It's on VR. Yeah. It can run. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like Skyrim. It's it's like Skyrim. Yeah, it's it's basically Capcom's Skyrim. Yeah, because I think they there is a there is a 
RE2, RE3 style remake coming for that yeah, as well. They, yeah. So if that is coming, I want it because it's my favorite uh, fi- uh, Final Fantasy. Resident Evil game. Yeah. It's also the only Resident Evil game I ever finished. Yeah. Me, me too. Because I, oh, no, I finished I never, 5 as well. I Because I have access to 5. I want to say I have access to 5. I'm not 100% sure what the details are mm. and what my access is. <laughs> I don't know if I bought it or if I have digital or something. Um, but 5 felt more like 4, just prettier and with co-op, at least. Yeah, it's, it's basically it's, just... It's, it's the same game 4, for but co-op, yeah. yeah. And then yeah, there are six. We do not talk about six. Six is um, I played a little yeah. bit of seven <laughs> on the PS4 last year, which is pretty creepy because um, I only played like two hours maybe, and it's really nasty and really creepy. And I haven't played Village yet, but I hear like a lot mm. of people loved seven, but they don't like Village as much because Village feels more like an action game instead of like the horror game six was. Yeah, It's in the PlayStation Plus collection, so that's how I ended up playing it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, I did. I think I did finish Revelations, though, oh. on the 3DS. Nice. Um, which was, at the time, it was really impressive what they did for the 3DS version. Because mm-hmm. um, it had like some really like high-end like uh, graphical stuff um, if you turned off the 3D. <laughs> if you turned on the 3D, it was gone. Oh, um, wow. But the 3D does the, the 3D did add some immersion to it because everything popped out more and like you could gauge like distance better. Mm. Um, and uh, it was more actiony, but it wasn't as bad as six. Okay. It was. It was. It felt like four, but more responsive mm. i think i have revelations through ps plus because it was once up there I think. yeah i think i think i missed that one mm. uh and then that got <laughs> yeah and then it got a sequel that was episodic which is really weird oh um yeah revelations 2 is like episodic but it wasn't released episode super okay wow um yeah, we don't talk about Revelations 2 either. <laughs> it wasn't as yeah. well received or good. But uh, yeah, the GameCube was my uh, was my thing. I did not own a PlayStation 2. I borrowed my cousins once mm-hmm. for a really long time. Uh, that's how I played Monster Hunter on PlayStation mm. 2. Um, I, that's how I discovered Yakuza. And oh, that's yeah. That's how I played Persona 4 for the first time. Oh, wow. That was my first Persona game. Um no, that's a lie. I played I uh, played the first Persona game on emulator. It was not localized well. Oh wow! <laughs> they did some really weird stuff. Like for one, the kids were not Japanese anymore. They were all white Uh-oh. except for one kid that they made black, and you could really tell that it's like a really bad job. Oh, because the kids like the kid's skin tone was just like bleached up. So like they, they turned the brightness up on the kids. Oh man, it's so weird. It's so weird. And then the one kid they made black is like, why? Why would you do this? This makes no sense. But it was it was the nineties. Um, it was a PlayStation One game. Okay, they learned their lesson because they went in the remake. They're all just all. It's just as it should be. Okay, wow. But the remake is only on PlayStation Portable. So ah, uh, okay. Is that Persona Four Golden? No, that's just Persona Revelation. Oh, okay. Okay. So you have Persona Revelations. Um, that's the first game. And then you have the sequel, which is technically two games, but only one was ever localized in English. And I think 
I don't remember because they literally ported every game up until three. Well, yeah, up until three to the PSP. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember. In Japan, they did release both of the Persona 2 games. But I think in the in the West, they still only did the one game. Okay. So that that's a really weird. Because the first two games are tied together story-wise. So if you play two, you're missing out of stuff that happened in one. And you're still missing out stuff because the second part of two was never localized, I think. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, have to, I have to look it up. I'm not 100% sure. Okay. On that, but uh, since we're not doing news right now, it's... It's fine. Yeah. Um. This is just purely on experience that we're going by. So I've never played two. I've played a little bit of three on the PlayStation Two. Um. The the special edition that came out, like the enhanced edition, um, called Persona Three Fez, uh, short for Festival. Oh. Um. But people just call it Fez because that's what it was called. Yeah. Um. And that was my first experience of Persona, and I was like, oh. There's this JRPG series that exists. It just exists. <laughs> Nobody talks about it. Uh, because um, Persona is, of course, a spinoff of the Shimigami Tensei series. Mm-hmm. But that's a niche. And Persona at the time was a niche of a niche. Oh, wow. And now Persona is, like, bigger than the mainline titles. Yeah. But the mainline titles still exist because we recently got um, uh, Shimigami Tensei Five on Switch. Which I still have to pick up, but I promised myself I wouldn't pick up Shin Megami Tensei Five until I finish Shin Megami Tensei Four on the 3DS. And how far along are you with that? I'm still in the early game. Oh, good luck with that. <laughs> it's because pers- because unlike Persona, um, the Shin Megami Tensei series is a dungeon crawler, mm. and it's a first-person dun- dungeon. Well, the Persona Four of a uh, um, TMS uh, uh, Shimagami Tensei 4 is a third part, a third person dungeon crawler, but it's still a dungeon crawler with a first person battle view. It's very, it's very difficult. It, it gets very challenging because wow. the monsters are really powerful, and you have to really think about how to attack, and you also have to recruit uh, the monsters, the demons in the game by talking to them or offering them money or offering them your HP. It's super weird. Um, Does not sound like my kind of game. Yeah, it's again, like I said, it's a niche title. <laughs> That's an understatement. And Persona was basically the Persona series ended up being the more mainstream mainstream uh, iteration. It didn't start out that way because the first Persona game was still very much like a Shimigami Tensei game. Mm-hmm. And I think from Persona 3 onwards is where it, it really, really emphasizes on the con- like the social connections and stuff like that and the storytelling. And it had like one dungeon that was um, randomly generated, which is really cool because basically the higher you went, like the levels were never the same. Okay. Because the levels were auto-generated, except for like the boss levels, like the boss planes were, were fixed. But like the levels leading up to like the boss room, those are all randomly generated. So nobody's um, dungeon was the same. Mm, okay. And Persona, and Persona 4 carries that on. 
There are multiple dungeons, but they're all randomly generated except for the level where the boss is. Oh. And then Persona Five ditches that. They have fixed they have fixed um, dungeons for the main plot, and there's this underground that is randomly generated. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Wow. What does what does stick to me is that like I played a lot of variety in games on the PS2 era. So like I played Devil May Cry 2, which I finished, mm. which was not one of the best apparently, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was it was made what was it? Was it made too hard or too easy? Something I think it was like too that. easy, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And I played Kingdom Hearts, you know. I didn't finish it, but I put like a lot of time in Kingdom Hearts. I played Final Fantasy uh 10 which i enjoyed but i didn't get too far because i didn't have a memory card uh, again on, mm. only till yeah, later yeah. um i played like a bunch of movie tie-in games such as blade which i liked um uh, that had a movie tie on playstation 2 yeah i think it was around the time blade 2 came out you know i liked that game um <laughs> i played um uh, what is it called I played a lot of that. It was this uh, RPG Sony made, Sony Online Entertainment made. It was... Um, uh, what was it called? I can't remember the name. Uh, it was like a dungeon. Uh, uh, it was like something like Diablo a little bit. Uh, okay. Hmm. I, I remember know. because the same studio made the PSP, version, PSP games called Untold Legends. And then the, uh, they also made like a PS3 game, a launch title, which was made in Unreal Engine 3 at the time, I think. Until Legends. And, but the initial Brotherhood game... of the Blade? Daybreak? No. No, I mean the developer is Daybreak. Oh, that could be. Th these days it's called Daybreak, but back then it was called Sony Online Entertainment. Ah, okay. I think it was called something like Draken Battle 4 something. Are you sure it wasn't uh what's it called again? Um EverQuest? No, 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 but uh, Yeah, EverQuest online was on PlayStation. Yeah, I know, but I Zuma? think I think this was oh, made by the team from EverQuest. Champions of Nora? That's it. That's what that's the one. Ah, okay, yeah, because I just looked through their history and like I was just going through all the games that are on PlayStation 2. <laughs> yeah, I played Champions of Norath, which was... Uh, uh, Co-developed by Snowblind Studio. Yeah, it was that. And then there was another one. It was called Drake... Something Drake and blah, 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 blah. I can't remember. Drakengard? No, it's not Drakengard, but it was something like that, which was like, there was these RPGs, and I put a lot of time in them. And because I remember, for one... I think with the, the one of the games, you needed to have a memory card. If you did not have a memory mm. card, you could not play it until a certain point. Because the game literally yeah. said, you don't have a memory card, you cannot proceed past this point. But Champions mm. of Norad as well, like that's a game where I put a lot of time into back mm. then. Um, but I don't know, no, like on the PS3 era, I started to move away from RPGs like... Uh, dragon quest and something like that because it was just too intense it was you know mm. i my issue with my my issue with a lot of these games is that if it takes too long to finish <laughs> i just get overwhelmed by the amount of content and quests and stuff and i just stop playing it because i can't like something like the witcher 3 i put a lot of time in the witcher 3 but you know 
it got so big and there's so much stuff to do in the witcher and i like constantly got distracted and eventually was like i cannot do this i cannot handle this anymore this is too much for me <laughs> and i am looking forward to the next gen update to the witcher 3 because i really want to give it a chance but mm. um i try to stay away from rpgs on that scale yeah yeah, and I, I remember playing Gran Turismo 3 with my cousin, which was... Gran Turismo 3, I think, is one of the best Gran Turismo's they ever made. And that one was yeah. really good. Yeah, we would get all the licenses, and then we would upgrade the cars, and then do the races again and again and again. So we had more money to buy a higher-tier car. And my uncle would play that as well with us. And yeah, we played a bit of Gran Turismo 4, but we put the most time in Gran Turismo 3. And I remember SOCOM coming out. I played SOCOM offline, of course, because I didn't have any online options then. Played SOCOM 1, 2, 3. Oh, I, I really liked the third one because that really focused more on the single player, make it a bit more bombastic, to put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really cool. And um, what else did, it, did I play on PS3? Like a lot. I, I, I can't remember it anymore, but I, I remember playing a lot because I could rent almost everything that came out. So, you know, I, I remember there being a game about The Great Escape, you know, the movie that we played, which was yeah, which yeah. we enjoyed. I think there was Commandos came out on PS2. I think we even mm-hmm. played that. You know, there was a normally available on PC. And I remember playing this Alien versus Predator game on PC, which was kind of like a strategy game. Was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a lot, you know. I just I can't think of the, 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 the half of it. But our, the original God of War, of course, and God of War Two, which were amazing games. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, a lot of the Ratchet and Clank games and uh, the Jack and Daxter games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I still have my uh, almost my entire GameCube library. Oh, I nice. think. There was a the, so why why did I sell it again? I think when the DS came out, I sold a bunch of GameCube games yeah. so that I could have the money to buy it. Mm. And one of the games that I sold was F Zero GX and Mario Sunshine because I'd already beaten it. Uh. No, I hadn't beaten it, but I wasn't planning on playing it anytime soon. Mm-hmm. I was like, if it if I feel like it, I'll buy it again, and I did buy it again years later. I um, heard that GameCube games F-Zero. are pretty expensive these days. Oh, I made sure that I did not spend too much on no, it. No, I know, but like if you want to buy a GameCube now, oh, now? GameCube, yeah, it's don't... really expensive, and I don't know why, yeah, but it's really expensive. Yeah, thank you, Pandemic. The Pandemic kind of helped in that one because everybody was feeling wistful and nostalgic. Oh. I wanted to pay some comfort food, I'm assuming, or that, or people were realizing, well, I can't go out and make money, but if I have a bunch of retro games, I could probably make some sweet, 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 sweet money with that. Yeah. Um, because the yeah, the for some reason the like the the retro gaming um market got really pricey during the like the peak of the pandemic, yeah. and I don't know why. I don't know what the the real the I don't know what the actual causation of it is. So, um, it is unfortunate and makes it a lot harder to shop for like retro games unless it's something that was produced a lot or nobody cares about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I did eventually buy them again. Um, I never picked up any of the the Star Fox games though, because uh, I did not hear great things about them at the time. 
And now I kind of regret it because even if they weren't that great, I kind of feel like if I had them, at least it was something that I can say I played and tried and gave a fair shake. Um, But yeah, I did have a lot of games. Uh, I didn't have a lot of games on GameCube. Um, I usually borrowed games from my, from my best friend. Um, And I still have like an okay library. There are some things that I've played on it. Um, I'm just trying to look over here. Um, oh, one of my favorite games that I played on it was uh, Puyo Pop Fever, which is the first time I ever played a Puyo Pop game. Okay. Um, you might remember it from the from the Mega Drive as Doctor Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, which was <laughs> just which was just a skin of a Puyo game. Okay. Puyo Puyo game. It's a puzzle game. It's um, uh, kind of like uh. What's the other game? That's Street Fighter game. The um, Street Fighter uh, uh, um, is it Puzzle Fighter? Yeah, Puzzle Fighter Two Turbo. These um, titles, oh man, I feel like that's my... something iconic of that era. Oh yeah. yeah. These days, titles are much more simpler. Unless you go to Square Enix. Y- yeah, like yeah, or like more strategy. straight to the point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man, titles are so good. Puyo Pop Fever was so much fun. Like, I used to play that so much. That had four-player... The thing, the great thing about GameCube, of course, was that it had four-player multiplayer, mm-hmm. like the N64. Um, but, um, you know, you don't have to get a multi-tap. The other great thing is that it also supported uh, network play. So there's only... There's less than a handful of games that supported online play. I was about to ask that, um, yeah. Fantasy Star Online is one. Mm. Um, so Fantasy Star Online Episode 1 and 2 are online games. They were Dreamcast games that were ported to uh, the GameCube. And they even had like a ASCII keyboard with GameCube controllers on the side, which were super expensive. And the only game that, was, that you used it for was that game. <laughs> but there was a per- third-party controller by ASCII that allowed you to play a GameCube game with a keyboard, <laughs> like oh. a full-size keyboard in it. Oh. It was so crazy because the, the um, because the Dreamcast had a keyboard uh, and a mouse, um, but the GameCube does not support a mouse, just GameCube peripherals. Uh, so yeah, if you wanted to play, uh, if you properly, if you wanted to play uh, Fantasy Star Online properly and be able to chat with people online, you needed the keyboard, um, which was not cheap, by the way. And it's still not cheap. Even in the used market, it's still very expensive because it's a collector's item. Oh. Um, and the like, you could play certain games online with a tunneling, uh, with a tunneling software on your computer called Pipe Pipeline, I think. Don't know. Um, I I forget. Um. I did not do any of this stuff, but it's. I do remember that my uh, friend was like, "Yeah, you could play game certain GameCube games online with like pipe pipeline, and it's like very challenging to set up because um, there was like a lot of things that you had to like take into account." Um, but you also had like networked games like Double Dash. Mario Kart Double Dash allowed you to hook up two GameCubes. To each other with the broadband adapter so if both of them had the broadband adapter hooked up at the bottom 
um, you could hook them up together and you have 16-player multiplayer. Wow. Yeah, because you... Is it 16? Sorry, 8-player eight eight, multiplayer. Yeah. Not 16. Sorry. Um, yeah, because you have two people on a cart. So that's four on one. So you play head-to-head. But then you could hook it up again. And then you'd have 8-player. I think you could do 60 play. I think you could hook up a maximum of four game cubes together that way it i don't know how but it is possible <laughs> so i think technically you can do 60 player multiplayer um i never figured out how though because you know you could only connect them directly to each other with the network cable so i think you need like a router or something could or, be like or a switch, switch maybe or a yeah or a switch yeah. yeah no i don't think a switch would work you'd, i think you need another bridge okay wow I never understood um, why the GameCube had the weird C button, I think it was called, like the analog stick, the hexagon analog yeah. stick. I never understood why they had that. The camera poke? <laughs> that, yeah. That was specifically for camera, yeah. But why was it like hexagon and not just round? Like the, uh, the shape on the outside, me. yeah. Because, no, because the GameCube was also eight directional. Oh. I think it's because it's an eight directional analog stick. Oh, and also, like, they had only one shoulder button, like an R1 button. They didn't have, like, R1 and L1. No, they had no, they had two shoulder buttons. No, they had the analog triggers. Yeah, so they had, they like, the triggers, first... and then... The... Yeah, they had the. They were one of the first to use analog Yeah, but triggers. they didn't have, like, R1 and R2. They only had the R1. No, they had R and L, and then you had the Z button. Really? Yeah. You had R and L, and then you had the Z button. The Z button was above... The R, the yeah, R but trigger. like they didn't have it on both sides. Yes, they did. You had R and L. What the heck? I am talking that... about R one and L one, not. Oh L2 no, they didn't have R1. that setup. Yeah, no, yeah. So no, like, that's they only... a PlayStation. Yeah, thing. I know, but like Xbox had. Um... Oh, no, X- yeah, Xbox only had triggers. Xbox only had triggers. It yeah. wasn't until the 360 that they got the triggers and the bumpers. bumpers. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Weird, right? Yeah, because it was missing a button, you know? Because it was like, what? Yeah, for certain games, you were missing buttons on the GameCube, yeah. which made porting games to the GameCube a bit challenging. Yeah. Um, also, the only the game the only game that really utilized the GameCube controller the best was Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> so you can really tell that they kind of designed the controller around Luigi's Mansion and then worked from there. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> But it still worked. Like it's still people still swear by it. You know, like hardcore um, Smash players. Like, oh, I'm so silly. It's like it's literally right in front of me. It's right here. <laughs> I rest my case. It looks so tiny. So, yeah, especially in your yeah, hands, it looks so tiny. I, I I have really huge hands. But yeah, these are analog triggers. Yeah. So it's really weird because Nintendo. Like, had these analog triggers, and they were really good and really responsive. And then the Wii happened, and buy analog. Yeah. And we haven't had analog triggers since. Maybe they felt like and they needed really... to modernize. No, because it makes no sense, because they're all digital now, and every other controller still uses, like, analog triggers. PlayStation uses analog triggers. Well, now they have the... Um, adaptive. What do you call them? The, adap- the adaptive triggers. Xbox still uses analog triggers. Yeah. It makes no sense. I the only thing I can think of is that the form factors of their their controllers were not 
conducive of having analog triggers in them. Like you couldn't have, I don't know if you could have analog triggers on a Joy-Con. Maybe they're just too big of a thing to have on Joy-Cons. Because yeah. that's why the, maybe with the Steam Deck, I think the Steam Deck has analog triggers. I think so. So like uh, maybe it's because it's a bit bulkier and bigger that it oh, has that, that thing space. Is, that thing is chunky. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen comparison shots. That thing is chunky. Yeah. You're not taking that on the go. Oh. Like uh, it, at least it comes in the carrying case, so you can put it in your bag. But it is very chunky, and the battery life is not that great. Yeah, it's not gonna fit fit into your pocket or something like some people no. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then moving from that, you you got an Xbox 360, right? Yeah. So that was an interesting. Why uh, did you get an Xbox 360? I was forced into it. Wow! Wow! By who? <laughs> By my best friend. Oh my god! He was like. He was like, get an Xbox and we can play Halo 3 together. <laughs> Did you get it like in the launch window? No, no. I got it in 20, uh, 2007. Okay. So that's the yeah. year the PS3 came out. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. I got that instead of a PlayStation 3 because I did not care for the PlayStation 3. And the PS3 was really expensive. And that too, uh, because the only one I wanted was the one with the backwards compatibility. And that yeah. was 600 I I still have that one. The 60 gigabyte model. You lucky son of a gun. I saved my money for that. And like, I remember because... They were at, they, they were going out and saying like, yeah, this is the console you'll get like a second mortgage for. I'm like, I don't even have a first mortgage. <laughs> yeah, but like, I remember because I wanted the PS3 so badly that I reserved it at multiple retailers just because I was like, I want one day one. And I was afraid... Like, it was going to sell out everywhere because it had come out in the States before and in Japan before. And we got it in the spring yeah. of the year that, and that, uh, after. And it sold out everywhere. And then I remember launch day, it came out. I got a second controller. I got Resistance Fall of Man. And my mom took me to the store because, you know, it was a drive from our home. So I had to put it in the car. But, like, it didn't sell out because of the price. It was readily it was widely available because a lot of people just didn't want it because it was 600 euros <laughs> it was 600 euros that's like if you think about it now that's crazy like that is crazy looking at like the 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 the, the disc version of the playstation 5 is like 500 yeah. years and uh, people yeah. and people are like upset about that yeah like, 600 like yeah and then and that is in like 2006 money 2007 yeah money. yeah and then because i remember like within months they cut out the backwards compatibility and they made like the 399 version, the 40 gigabyte version for 399. And then yeah. it took off from there because eventually because Microsoft came out a year earlier, they also did like the double configuration. So they did the, the hard driveless version and the version with a hard drive. I remember because they are, uh, would you ever buy the hard driveless version? It, I will never, I know. think it was a hundred bucks cheaper. Yeah, it was cheaper. Yeah. But then you'd have to buy the hard drive separately. Or you could get a memory card. Memory card, which is like, who the heck used the memory card? Actually, you know what? You probably Asking everybody. No, because I got the one with the hard drive. Really? Yeah, because I got the Halo 3 bundle. Oh. Wow. Yeah, I got the Halo 3 bundle. I I, uh, saved up my my part-time money. Mm -hmm. Was it part? Was I working part-time at the time? No, yeah, I was working. I was no, I was working full time at the time. That was two thousand six. Okay, wow. I was working full time at the time. Um, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. I was working. Oh, it's sorry. And timeline. Um, 
yeah. So I was working full time. I just I had just finished uh, school, mm. and I was waiting. For, um, uh, there was this period of time that I had to wait before I started my next course. Mm-hmm. It was like about nine months or so. And uh, I saved up some money while I was working full time, and then I got the Xbox 360. Okay, wow. And what was the first game you played on the 360? Not the first game, because you owned Halo, but what was like the very first game you played on the 360? Halo. Halo, really? You didn't play anything yeah. before that? Nope, never touched the game, the an Xbox 360 before. Oh that. wow! Because I remember like on launch. But that day. was around the time. I was around the time when the first Richard came out. Hmm. I think. Am I saying that? Is it that long? Because I remember a friend of mine got the Xbox 360 on launch day and I played Need for Speed Most Wanted on the 360. And that was really cool because, you know, it was, uh, you had Need for Speed on the ground, one and two on the PS2, which were great games. 2007, yeah. Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I played Most Wanted at the friend who got it on launch day and Most Wanted was really cool. And it looked so pretty. But we were like, "Wow, this is so pretty!" Even, even though, it. yeah, even though it was a launch title, you know, we were like, "Whoa!" I, because in two thousand six, don't remember in two thousand six, I got the Wii. Really? Huh? Late two thousand six, I saved up like all my money, and then Did I the bought Wii the Wii. Come out in two thousand six. End two thousand six. Yeah. Oh wow. December 2006, if I'm not even mistaken. No, are you sure? Yep. Don't believe me? Look it up. Well, did the PlayStation launch that late? The PlayStation launched in the same month. Yeah, in, like, in, in America, but in, I think yeah. it came out in 2007 in Europe. Probably. Because I remember distinctly picking up the Wii. I remember re- reserving it. Yeah. Yeah, the, December eighth, two thousand six. Yeah, because it came out March twenty third here in Europe. PS three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, crazy, right? Yeah. So I had a Wii and I had an Xbox three sixty. Can you believe that? Wow. Well, I like at least a year a year separated from each other though. And you had the backwards compatible Wii. Yeah, the Wii was backwards compatible. Yeah, but like later on, they took it out, right? Uh no, there's a specific model of the Wii that doesn't have backwards compatibility. Oh okay, that's the that's the Wii Mini. Okay, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, but they always kept selling them side by side. Or did yeah, like the GameCube one was there for a really long time. Okay, yeah, yeah, because it also had like the GameCube port controllers on the top. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. on the top. Yeah, yeah, that was great, man. That was great. Yeah, man, I played a lot of like. GameCube games, man, uh, back in the day. And and the Wii was just like my jam. Mm. It had a lot of really fun games. You know, you had Mario's, you had Mario Galaxy that came out in 2007, Metroid Prime. The Metroid Prime games, like, that was fun on GameCube. And then I had Metroid Prime 3 Corruption. Um, You had the Metroid Prime Trilogy that eventually came out as well. Um, You had, uh, oh my gosh, like, I might. Like my the biggest part of my collection is Wii games. Like if you look at my shelf, it's like there's like a full shelf, like just f- bursting with Wii games. Nice. Um, like there was this this first person shooter that came out for the Wii called the Conduit, which was supposed to be like this um this first person game that was supposed to show that the the Wii had like good graphical capabilities. And it's a it's a good looking game. 
the frame rate is kind of all over the place, but it's a good looking game. And the game is the gameplay is pretty solid because of course you have the Wii mode um, combination, uh, which is really great. Um, there are a bunch of really weird and obscure games that came out on the Wii. Uh, one of them is like this RPG called the Puna, which I unfortunately never got. I really, I really regret not getting it. It's not great, but it is good. There was this other game called Elabits, which in Europe was called Elodies, and I was like, oh, I hate that title. <laughs> I just call it Elabits. Okay. It, it had, I think it had a DS sequel. Uh, yeah, I think it had a DS sequel or spin-off or something called Elabits something right around mm. here. But it was really fun because it was a it was a first person collectathon. Like you had to collect these creatures and then return power to the world because electricity had disappeared in the world and the only way to restore it was by capturing these elabits. Okay, wow. Oh man. Yeah. I remember when the with the PS3 because then I moved away from like renting games, so that 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 was like the first console where I actually had to buy all my games. And <laughs> it's kind of like now with the PS5 that I that was was selective because I remember I got Resistance Fall of Man for launch and I put a lo- I love that game. And I put a lot of time in the multiplayer because you know it was for the first time that multiplayer was built into the PS3. You didn't need an external adapter. It was free multiplayer. So you could play like a lot of titles. It was unified so you just had your PSN account and you could just play games instead of creating an account for every game you played, you know, because that was a thing on the PS2. So they unified yeah. that. And I remember playing Resistance Fall of Man. And then if uh, I got Warhawk eventually because it was like one of the first games I remember that was like download only. And if you bought the physical copy, you just get a headset with it. And it was mm-hmm. Warhawk is basically Sony's Battlefield. It literally feels like Battlefield. Or, or let me put it, it is Battlefield. It is just Battlefield, just with a different title <laughs> slapped onto it. But I enjoyed because it, it was multiplayer only. It got announced with single-player campaign and it had that horrible on-stage motion control 6-axis demo with the plane flying. <laughs> but um, I remember it came out and it got great reviews. And that game, I, I remember vividly, that was, I think, one of the first games on PS3, or at least for me, that got like downloadable content. They had they called it booster packs. So they added a new map, mm. new vehicles, and new weapons. And they did like a couple of booster packs. And they also really improved the game through updates. They added fix, they made fixes, they added new stuff into it. And it was just like this really fun, a little bit cartoony style game. You could just jump in really easily, play some matches, jump out. Uh, you had four player co op split screen if you wanted to. Um you know, it had a fun, uh, it had a cool art style, fun maps. I really, re- there are rumors floating around that there is a remake or a remaster in the works. I really hope that's true and that's something that's coming to PS5 because I love Warhawk. I would seriously pay a lot of money for that game to come back to. I, I still have it on my PS3. I love that game. And I played a lot of okay. Warhawk and I remember playing Resistance 2, which I liked, Resistance 3. I never finished that one. I still want to finish that one. And then, you know, that's what, for me at least, when I really started to see Sony, and probably before in the PS2 era as well, they had like this first party support, but it really feels to me like mm. in the PS3 era, they really started to ramp up their PS, their PlayStation, then it was called Worldwide Studios, their Worldwide Studios portfolio 
because then we got Killzone 2 and they bought Guerrilla, which Killzone 2 looked really amazing and played really cool, played a lot of multiplayer of that as well. And then, of course, we got Killzone 3 later, which was a surprise announcement for me. I also enjoyed that one. But we also got yeah. stuff like Uncharted. I love Uncharted. You know, I, I enjoyed the first one, but the second one I love. That's probably my favorite out of all. And then the third one came out, and then we got um, SOCOM. We got SOCOM Confrontation, which was done by a different studio. It wasn't that fun. But we got SOCOM mm-hmm. Special Forces, which was a really fun game. Had a cool single player. We got Mag, the 256 <laughs> multiplayer FPS game, which was a crazy <laughs> game. It was fun, but it... It felt like a diamond in the rough. It needed a lot of yeah. polish. The 256 player was basically break, broken up into squads of like 64, right? Yeah, so like the whole map would yeah. have 256 and then it would just uh, divide the map into zones. So you would like have uh, battalions of 128 and then those were shrink, shrunken down. So eventually you would be like probably 32 against 32. But in the yeah. server at the same time, there were 256 people. Uh, yeah, and then, oh uh, man, marketing spin, man, marketing spin. Yeah, and what else did we get? Uh, Call of Duty, of course, Modern Warfare Four, Modern Warfare, Call of Duty Four, Modern Warfare. Played a lot of multiplayer <laughs> of that. Oh man, I love that. A lot of that, and uh, of course, Modern Warfare Two. I never played Modern Warfare Three because eventually I just got like after Modern Warfare Two, I stopped playing Call of Duty because I was just fed up with it because they released one every year and it got mm-hmm. boring to me and. Um, we got Modern Warfare, the beginning of the end. Yeah, <laughs> as yeah. I like to call it. Yeah, we got Infamous One and Two, which I really loved. Um, I remember when Gran Turismo Five Prologue came out. That was one mm-hmm. of the first games that I saw that I thought, like, "Whoa, this looks real, like photorealistic, real." Like that was the only yeah. game that did that. Like at some points, I was like, "It's scary how real this looks," and that's a PS3 game, you know. Yeah, oh, it's also the first time that I realized that people that are that there are red flags in the uh, in the game industry because when Prologue was announced, people were like, "Why though? Yeah, why not just you know just finish the game yeah. and then put out the full game? Yeah, doesn't matter where it comes out, just bring it out. Why are you doing Prologue? Yeah, you know." And yeah. then li- years later, we get stuff like Ground Zeroes, and it's like, well, that's just a paid demo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I bought my PS4, uh, PS3s only for Metal Gear Solid Four. Like, I'm a huge Metal Gear Solid fan, and like, I I didn't care. I was like, I need one now, and then I don't care when MGS4 comes out. And I, and I remember at the time really being scared because there was a lot of going around. I was really being scared it becoming an Xbox exclusive or it be also coming yeah. to Xbox. I'm like. No, this game is not allowed to come to Xbox. It's a PlayStation game, you know. It needs to stay on PlayStation. <laughs> and I remember Kojima saying, like, no, 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 it is a PS3 exclusive. And it came out, and I I remember it was the first time I took time off from off of work. I never do that for games. But that was the first game I did that. And I came out on a Friday. I think it was June 12th, I think, it came out, 2008. Mm. And I just took the weekend off, and I, I started on the Friday, and I finished it on the Monday. And I was like, holy crap. It was such an amazing game. And like before the game came out, you had all these stories like 90-minute cutscenes. And I think Kojima back then also did like this, this developer camp or press camp where they invited people from the press over for like a week. And they could just play mm-hmm. the game and comment and feedback on the game so that they could still fix anything if there was anything left of it, uh, which was pretty big at the time. And then, oh man, I love that game so much. 
and then we got shortly thereafter metal gear revengeance or right whatever it was like the ex- metal, gear, metal gear rising revengeance no it was called revengeance because it was like that that xbox demo they showed and it was gonna be yeah yeah rising revengeance was it I, yeah. no i think it was revengeance at the time and then rising revengeance became or rise yeah. metal gear rising or it didn't have like the full title because it was done by platinum games i think uh, it was not originally done by Platinum Games. It was originally done internally. Yeah, yeah but like later... Yeah, it's called, yeah Rising Revengeance. Oh, I thought it was called Metal Gear Rising at first. Because initially it was done by Kojima and then eventually went to Platinum Games. Yeah, it was just... It, I think it started life out as um, uh, Metal Gear... Rising. Revengeance. Oh, Revengeance. And then they added the Rising. Yeah, because I remember it was being done by the younger team within Kojima Productions. And then and they failed. Yeah, and they couldn't pull it off. And then it went to Platinum Games. I never finished the game. I did buy it, but I never finished the game. It felt different. Yeah, so it started out as Metal Gear Solid Rising, you're right. Yeah. And then when it got taken over by Platinum, it was renamed Metal Gear Metal Gear Rising, Rising Revenge. Revenge. Yeah, yeah. Which is a very platinum title. Yeah. <laughs> I got to the final boss. I still haven't beaten that stupid boss. Oh, yeah. If it was available on uh, on 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 GeForce Now, I would actually try it again mm. on stream because I did actually try to beat him on stream back in the day. Yeah, this was when was this? This was 2014. Oh wow! That was that was in 2014. I was streaming again. That was when I had my Wii U. Mm. So uh, nice. But we're moving a bit ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Um, the Wii. Xbox 360 era was a weird one for me because now I had two systems for the first time mm-hmm. ever. I also had an Xbox 360. Because at the time I had the, the I had the, the the GameCube and the Game Boy Advance, mm-hmm. and then I got the DS, and then the Wii came out, and I was never planning to pick up a Xbox or a PlayStation for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. But since my hand was forced, <laughs> I kind of had to. um i don't regret getting an xbox 360 though i will say that i don't regret it it was a fun experience and it made me see like okay maybe microsoft is onto something it's not my cup of tea because most of the games on there are like these like bro-y type games or first person games but once in a while there were some games and they did try to carry the the jrpg market yeah because they had Blue Dragon, which I never played. And Lost Odyssey. They had Lost Odyssey, which I never played. Yeah, because they were all I made by... I played it once, uh, and my friend... Yeah. They were all made by Mistwalker. And by Hironobu um, Sakaguchi, yeah. Exactly. Um, and it's kind of unfortunate, because Blue Dragon was okay. It was just their version of... Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest. So I didn't care, because at the time, I didn't care about Dragon Quest. I never played any Dragon Quest at that time. Yeah. And uh, Lost Odyssey was basically their Final attempt Fantasy. of a Final Fantasy, yeah. and I didn't care because apparently there was a lot of like a lot of downtime in the game. Like a lot of stuff was told through these books in games and like diaries and stuff like that. And they were—I don't remember if they were narrated or not. Mm. So it was a lot of text reading, but apparently it's really good. The story is really solid, and the gameplay is really good. But I do not remember. I played it once at my friend's place. And he I do remember that he finished it. But I do not remember playing that game at all. So I don't even remember how the, the gameplay is on that one. Um, there was this one JRPG that I really liked that I never finished on on, uh, on Xbox 360 called Eternal Sonata. 
I've heard of that one. Try, yeah. I want to say Try Ace or Try Crescendo, one of the two. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, so it was it was a Nam, Nam, Namco Bandai game. Art style is really pretty. Kind of reminds me of uh, the Tales of series. Um, also, in terms of like the combat, kind of like that. I think it's done by the same developers as Star Ocean. So that would be Tri-Ace, not Tri-Crescendo. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was a really good game. Unfortunately, never finished it. I got Bayonetta um, like used from a, from a, from a, from a classmate. And like a bunch of other games, like Devil May Cry 4 and like a whole bunch of stuff. And I did start out playing Bayonetta 1 on game on 360, but I never finished it on 360. I didn't finish Bayonetta until I got the Bayonetta 1 and 2 bundle on Wii U. Okay. That's when I finished Bayonetta and Bayonetta 2, which I feel Bayonetta 2 is the superior game, but that's just... <laughs> um. But yeah, like the Xbox, I played I played a lot of Xbox 360 games, but most of them were digital because you had the Xbox Arcade. Yeah. And a lot of cool games came out on Xbox Arcade. Um, Castle Crashers came out on Xbox Arcade. That's a really fun multiplayer game, um, Couch Co-op. Then you had, I think that also had online. Like stuff like Alien Hominid was like a Newgrounds game that got an Xbox Arcade version, which is really good. Um, so yeah, Flash game becoming an Xbox Arcade game. Yet, of course, um, the little game that was packaged with Project Gotham Racing called Geometry Wars. That was a really big, which, it turned out to be a big which, game. Which, yeah. en- which ended up being its own game and like really big and yeah. even had like a DS version. Yeah. Um, I played the crap out of Geometry Wars, man. Yeah. Not the first game, but like the, the Geometry Wars Evolved. That was the that was the standalone game, and that was really big. It was really pretty. It's the first thing that showed off like the HD graphics and stuff like that, because it had a lot of particle effects and yeah, stuff like that. I remember. Really cool. Even to this day, it's like a really cool game. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there was there were a lot of like download games that I played. Um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World was on there, um, which I regret not buying. Um, it came out again, right? Recently, yeah, it, yeah. I still have to get it. <laughs> it's like what the freak second chance, and I still haven't. Yeah, it oh, too many games, man. Too many games. I remember that a friend of mine I borrowed his Xbox 360 once, and he had modded it, so you know he had like all these Lego games, and I played mm-hmm. Dead Rising on it, which I really enjoyed, and I played. I played the demo for that one too. Yeah, yeah, and I played uh, Lost Planet, which I really enjoyed. And of course, we played a little bit of Halo 3. And that, of course, that was fun because that's mainly the reason why you got an Xbox. And then later, we played Gears of War and Gears of War 2. And we played Horde mode a lot. Um, and then um, I also remember because I eventually got an, Halo, an Xbox 360 Elite, it was called, I think. Mm-hmm. So that was like a uh, um, the, sm- the slim down version. Yeah, the yeah, the, yeah but the more powerful, m- more silent, and it was black, and it was the redesigned. And I bought it purely because I wanted to play all the Halo games. So I pro- so I there was this Halo bundle that I yeah. specifically wanted, and I like went through the city, all these retailers, and like one finally had it. So I played, hey, um, uh, Halo the One Master Chief Collection. No, it wasn't out then. 
So it was like I oh, bought yeah, them all separately. Nice. So I got Halo One on PC and Halo Two on PC, and then Halo Three I played on um, on 360. 360, and then ODST. But I never finished ODST, and then um, like a Halo Wars. I think that one, the first mm-hmm. one, was on 360. I played a little mm-hmm. bit of that. And then, you know, I just didn't use the Xbox again for a very long time. So eventually I ended up trading it in at Game Mania um, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago because I just did. Yeah, I, like that's always been my issue with Xbox. Like I buy it in an impulse and then I just don't use it after a while because I did the same with an Xbox One. I bought a One S in an impulse for Forza Horizon 2 at the time. And I played a bit of that. I played a couple of other games, and then I just sold it out, uh, rent, uh, traded it in again because I'm just I'm not an Xbox gamer. I've noticed. Um, yeah. Do you remember the, since we're talking about Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3? Do you remember Tom Clancy's Hawks? I remember it. I played a little bit of it because I also remember uh, End War, which was their yeah! strategy game, which you could play with voice commands. Because I played the demo yeah. with voice commands, and it actually worked. If you use the proper voice commands. It would work. You could say like unit alpha, unit uh, bravo, move to delta or something like that. And then you would see on the screen, it's selecting like this flow chart, all your commands. And then they would like uh, verbally uh, confirm like roger that. And then they would just move to that. Or you could say like all units fall back and then all units would pull back. Like that was really, really cool. Yeah. End war. Yeah. Nice. Oh, man. I I also forgot, but like the PS3 era gave us games like Assassin's Creed and Assassin's mm-hmm. Creed 2, which a lot of people consider the best Assassin's Creed game ever. And it gave us um, uh, Infamous, <coughs> Infamous 1 and 2, uh, Prototype, Saints Row, um, mm-hmm. Grand Theft Auto 4, which I really enjoyed. It was a far more serious game than the previous ones. And I, I remember I didn't want GTA 4 because I was like, oh man, GTA, I don't care. I mean, it's this goofy game. <laughs> I mean, and the reason why I didn't want it is because with San Andreas, I had put so much time into it. And then because I had to use too much cheats, it bugged on me in one of the missions. There's this mission where you have to save the, a, a rapper called OG Loke, and he's standing on the, on the edge of a building, and he's drunk, and he's like, oh, I'm going to kill myself. And then normally how it works is you have to grab a truck with boxes, and then you have to park it underneath him. Oh. And then uh, he... <laughs> falls off the ledge, hits your boxes, and then you drive him to the hospital. But because I had used too many cheats, he always died in the cutscene. So he would just walk off the ledge in the cutscene. So there was nothing I could do to save him. It was like a bug or something. So I got really frustrated <laughs> at that moment. And I'm like, and I remember Vice City, but even more San Andreas, it had a lot of these annoying missions that would just... You would fail them because of something stupid, like you had to use an RC helicopter to move parts and then you would the controls would, wouldn't work as well and then you would hit something and then your car your helicopter would blow up. <laughs> or in San Andreas, you have big smoke on you're on the bike, big smoke's in the back. You have to drive next to the train and he has to shoot the the gangsters off the train. Like how many times I have had to done that again. So <laughs> I got to the point that I was fed up with GTA. I was like, no. And then I remember it came out on, I think, April 30th. And then the mm. day before, I was like, I want GTA 4. 
I don't know why I had that impulse. <laughs> I, I just like the day before I was like, I want that game. So I remember I, I called I told I called my mom and I said to my mom, like, I want this game and I'm at work right now. So can you call around and ask if they have it and then maybe reserve it for me? And she's like, fine. And she called me back just before I finished my work. And she said, like, I've managed to be able to reserve a copy for you there and there. So you need to go to another city to pick it up. And I'm like, fine, I'll do it. So I finished work. I got on my bicycle. I raced to the other city. And I got there and like, hey, you got, you have a GTA 4 copy uh, on this and this name. And like, yeah, like I'm here to pick it up. Like, oh, okay. So I give him the 60 bucks. I race home and I play GTA 4 <laughs> and I loved every second of it because it had a far serious tone and a far serious story. It was still goofy. Because it was like Roman, your cousin, would just randomly call Nico, you. Nico, my cousin! <laughs> yeah, oh my exactly that, you know? And then it was like, oh! That was meme to crazy. You want to go to the strip club or something like that? And you'd be like, oh, yeah. okay. You want to go bowling? No! Yeah. You know, so so I played a lot of that and I enjoyed it. Um, mm. Yeah, but that's like... The games that came out in that time were just... Yeah, were a whole lot more serious, but still like really fun, you know? Oh, yeah, I returned it after a week. What, GTA 4? Why? I didn't like it. Oh my god. Oh man. They like, sh- I played it and I got I got why people enjoyed it, but I did not enjoy the driving. Oh, okay. The driving kind of really sucked, and I the mission progression was just way too slow for me. I also loved Red Dead there was There were way too yeah. many ex- dis- uh, distractions. Yeah. But I wasn't used to playing an open world game like GTA. GTA 4 was my first. Oh, okay. Because yeah. when- outside of that, the only other GTA game I ever played was GTA, the original GTA, the top-down one on PC. Oh, wow. Yeah, because yeah. then they also later did Red Dead Redemption, and I loved Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. Which is kind of ironic, considering that it was not originally a Rockstar game. Yeah, because I played uh, Red Dead Capcom. Revolver on the PS2. Yeah. I loved- that was Capcom. Yeah, I know. I like that one. It's crazy. Um, uh, as well. Because also on the PS2, we had Max Payne 1 and 2, which I also really enjoyed. I played a little bit of Max Payne 1 on the PC. Yeah. A little bit. Like, someone had it on PC, and I played it a little bit. Mm. It was so wild, because it had, like... Because it came out, I think, around or after The Matrix. Yeah. So um, it was the first game to have that bullet time yeah, stuff in it. that was so like, cool. Oh, that's so cool. That was so cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy that they're going to do a remake, because it's been, like, a year since I played that And game. it's being made by Remedy. Yep. So this time, no weird shenanigans like they did with like GTA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're actually using like a modern engine. They're putting the resources where they belong. So it looks to me like they learned their lesson. Yeah. On a certain level, they're like, "Well, we made money, but we also drew ire from the community. Yep. So if we're gonna do something like this again, we can't have and have it sell well and draw the ire of the community because if." The community does not know that this is going to be a good product. They won't pick it up again. Yep. They, they realized that they can pull the same trick twice. Yeah. And that's really good. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And then, yeah, came PS4 and Xbox One and later the Switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I think, let me see. Yeah. I think that's the the my library of like. Oh wait, you had a Wii U, Switch. of course. Yeah, my Wii U. Yeah, is almost as big as my Wii library, and the only reason I'm saying that is because I bought a lot of stuff online at the in the eShop. I gotta say, like the whole Wii U, like 
it kind of flew past me. I like barely realized it was there. It was also barely there because it only lasted for like what four years. Yeah, but like I don't. It, it came out in late 2012. Yeah. By 2015, it was kind of done. Okay. The last, the last big game to come out on the Wii U was um, Breath of the Wild. Uh, to- no, no. Yeah, Breath of the Wild. Yeah. 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 And that was 2017, and it was also a Switch launch title. So yeah. I don't even count it as a Wii U title. I know that um, one of our colleagues picked it up on Wii U first, mm-hmm. um, and then picked it up later on Switch. He beat it on Wii on Wii U first, and then mm. picked it up on Switch. So, um, yeah, the Wii U was an interesting time. Which it's kind of disappointing because they'd had a lot of cool games in the big early on. It had Zombie U, which did later get a port. But I honestly, remember that game. For, what made for my money. Yeah, it was made by Ubisoft of all people, because it was a um, relaunch of like this other game called Zombie that came out like in the eighties. Mm-hmm. It was it was a revival of that franchise, but Zombie U was interesting because it was a um, it was a sur- it wasn't a survival horror. It was a post apocalypse uh, game with zombies, where if you died, you're you become another person Mm -hmm. and the corpse of the person that you got becomes a zombie and you can search for your zombie. So you can get all your stuff back by killing that zombie. But if you died again, then that's it. It's kind of sounds like a souls game. It's kind of like a souls game, but there's no pause. Actually it is like a souls game because there's also no pause button. Yeah. If you look into your bag, the game is still playing and you can still get attacked by zombies. So if you're not hiding, from a zombie, or if you haven't cleared an area, you die again, and then you have to start all over again. But you always have to start all over again from the save point. I think there are checkpoints, but I never got far enough in that game to figure that out. Yeah. I never finished that game because it was so hard. Oh. It's a really challenging game. There were a lot of good games on there. There weren't a lot, but there were a lot. The, the games that utilized the gamepad really well were few and far between. Like there's this one indie game that someone brought up recently. I was like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot that that exists, and I kind of want to stream it. Called uh, Affordable Space Adventure or something. Never heard of it before. Affordable Space Adventure, something like that, where um, where you're basically yeah, Affordable Space Adventures, where you're um, basically have this spacecraft, which really cheap spacecraft. <laughs> And you have to navigate through like different alien planets, but because it's a cheap spacecraft, you have to like make sure that everything is okay. So on the bottom screen, you have like your engine, your power, your weapon systems, and you have to maintain that because they kept breaking down. <laughs> um, and they could, and you could take damage from like the environment and from enemies and from monsters around. So you have to maintain it and stuff like that. I think it had asynchronous multiplayer or co-op sorry where you could like assign other people that are playing with you like okay you man the guns you man the engines stuff like that and then they do that it's really fun nice so you know it had cool quirky titles like that and then you had big beautiful games like xenoblade chronicles x which was a spin-off of the xenoblade series and it's this big massive like 
um, uh, JRPG with online multiplayer. Wow. Where you could like play co-op online. Okay. So you could invite people into your game with their like skills and whatnot and their skills, which is like their mechs. Oh my God, that game was so beautiful and so big. And it never got a Switch release. No, but I think it's because the game is just really big and the developers, um, if that ever got a port, the developers would be doing that themselves. Mm. And like the head of the studio was like, yeah, we're not going to do that because it's way too big of a project. Wow. And they want to focus on, they want to focus on doing like, like more new stuff. Like, the fact that they made it, they ported uh, Xenoblade 1 was a big deal. And I think the only reason why they did that was because the original Xenoblade was on Wii, which I also had. I bought the game three times. <laughs> I think I've told you this before. Kind of like I my sleeping Xenoblade dogs. I bought Xenoblade Chronicles three times on Wii, on new 3DS, and on Switch. <laughs> and I still haven't finished the flipping oh, game. It's... I'm, I'm, I am very close. I really want to finish it on my holiday. So that's on my list of stuff that I'm going to play on my holiday um, because I really want to finish it before the before the summer because I want to play, I want to go into three because again, like I said, uh, I told you before offline, um, the Xenoblade games are tied together mm-hmm. thematically and they're all like big open world games. Okay. So like... Even at the time, Xenoblade Chronicles was a massive project for the Wii. Like, it was a big open-world game. Um, Granted, the character models were really crappy, but Monolith was not known for having good character models. (laughs) Not At least not until they finally itched the HD. And even, like, their first HD game was Xenoblade Chronicles X. The character models are also not great. (laughs) They're better because it's in HD, but they're not great. Like Xenoblade Chronicles 2, way better character models, also way better character design. And the definitive edition of Xenoblade Chronicles uses the same engine. So you can really tell that when they gave it the glow up, like the remake glow up, it looks really good now because it looks they look as they're supposed to. Um, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is going to be so good. Oh my gosh, I can look forward to it! <laughs> But uh, yeah, the, the the Wii U was a really weird time. It had weird games, even weirder than the Wii. And it's so sad that like a bunch of these games, they either got ported to the Switch, which is fine. It gives people another chance to play these games. But also, there are also a bunch of games there that you can't find anywhere else. Virtual Console is about to die out. Because the Wii U eShop and the 3DS eShop is about to die. And that's really sad because there are a lot of games on there that you can't find anywhere else. Um, the Wii U is still backwards compatible with the Wii. Um, that's why I picked up uh, Panya Swing Golf, which I talked about in the previous episode. And I did I, did I talk about that already uh, in the last episode? Was, yeah, I talked about how weird it was that it wasn't for three. Yeah, right? yeah, because it started out as yeah. a PC game with microtransactions. Super freaking. Yeah, weird. I feel like um, the Wii U. Oh, it didn't have. I checked it. It doesn't have microtransactions. Oh, okay. The the Wii version. It's just pure. It's just a pure oh. base game. I feel like the whole Wii U and also in it to an extent the Xbox One 
were all a little bit overshadowed by the PS4 because yeah. from the start they like nailed everything. You know, the pricing, the marketing, the games. Like, do you remember the presentation for the Xbox One, by the way? Yeah, I do. I do. Like, <laughs> you had one on the campus of Xbox because Sony did in 2013, Sony did like this event in February in New York. Yeah. Which they never yeah, yeah, do yeah. something in New York. They did this really cool event in New York where they basically announced the PS4. And but it was more like um, like two thirds of the presentation was like what Mark Cerny did with the PS5. Like, this is our vision and this is yeah. the hardware and this is what were the tools we're going to offer. So like more of like a technical briefing. And then towards the end, they started showing the games like Infamous yeah. and other sorts of stuff. Yeah, so people were Destiny, like, uh, yeah. and they didn't announce pricing, I think, no, back then either. No. I think that was around E3. Yeah. And then Microsoft had their thing and they were like, Flip yeah, that was on the crap. Xbox campus, like a month or two after, and it was yeah, ninety percent was focused on TV and watching TV and streaming services and connect. And connect. Remember connect? Yeah, and what you and how it would become Xbox on? Yeah, yeah, like how it become the center of your living room, and like people were like, I don't care about the center of my living room. I just want to play games. Yeah, and then E three came along, and then they did their oh, Xbox and the, and the online DRM. Yeah. Yeah, it's where they announced like, yeah, you can't like borrow a game. It's online DRM. It's like it needs to check in. Flip. Yeah, it needs to check in every once in twenty four hours to verify. Blah blah blah. And then <laughs> we got E three, and then Microsoft did their press conference, and they showed a lot of games, and then they announced pricing and a release date. And and I remember because people didn't even clap that excited when the pricing was announced no, because it was bundled with the connect yeah. and you had to get it with the connect <laughs> yeah i, I don't like, think wow i think early the launch the launch did not come with a bundle without connect nope. it was later no because then even don metric said that infamous interview when people were talking about the pricing and the that he said like if you don't want connect and if you don't want online drm that's totally fine we also have a solution for that it's called xbox 360 and people were like what what how are you why you know are you serious yeah and then sony <laughs> did their the e3 the next day and then they started off with games and they started off with ps2 no, with ps3 and vita a little bit and then they switched to ps4 and then they started out with we will not we will not have online drm you will be able to buy and sell well, actually, your games and like everybody went well, wild well, actually, they did a little video. I remember with instruction video, yeah, and uh, with Shuya Yoshida and uh, Adam Boyce. Yeah, um, this is how you borrow a game, but it was only on the YouTube page. It wasn't on the press. Conference. Yeah, it was on the. It wasn't yeah. the press conference. It's yeah. something they did. I think it's something they posted before or after their press conference. Yeah, and it's like step one. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and that's the yeah. video. <laughs> yeah, that was really cool. And then, of course, they showed off the PlayStation, and then. Yeah. Then uh, uh, and then they came up with uh, towards the end they came up with pricing and they said like three ninety nine and it's all coming out this year at the same time in all territories and like the crowd just mm. went wild, yep. everybody went wild and I remember then because I uh, went to like again multiple retailers because I wanted that thing day one so I went to like four or five retailers and I reserved it at all four or five retailers and then launch day mm. came around. And then, or because before that, I went to Gamescom with friends, and then I got to play Assassin's Creed Black Flag on PS4, and I was completely sold. And then launch day came around, and all of these retailers called me and said, "We have a PS4 waiting for you." And I'm like, "Crap, I don't need five PS4." So I called a couple of my friends, and I was like, "Yo, man, who who wants a PS4 game?" 
And then four of them were like, I want one. And I'm like, cool, let's go. I got you. Because they all hadn't reserved one. So I'm like, I got you, man. Yeah. And then we just went to all these retailers. And I showed my, <laughs> and I'm like, hey, it's me. And they're like, oh, cool. I was like, he's going to pay for it. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then they paid and like gave them the PS4. I'm like, enjoy. And then we went to another retailer and we did the same dance five times. And then we got <laughs> And then they were like, why do you have so many PS4s with you? We're like, don't ask. We're just here to buy it. <laughs> you know? And then we just... They, they might be like, um, hmm, maybe they're trying to scalp these. It's like... Well, nah, man. But nah, at man. the time, scalping wasn't a thing because I remember... Not for PS4. not for gaming. Not for no, gaming. because yeah, I know that the yeah. PS4, the supply was really good. They had like ample supply. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Remember when you could actually walk into a store and buy a system? Yeah, I remember that. It feels remember like... actually having to line up for a system? I never did that. That's why I always reserved Neither it in advance. Because I. I was like, because I remember when I, I pre-ordered one of my PS4s at Game Mania, and they were like, oh, we're going to do a midnight launch. So if you're here at midnight, you can pick it up at midnight. And I'm like, no, thank you. I am f- <laughs> I'm fine. I will just, I enjoy my sleep too much to, or I value my sleep too much to be here at midnight. <laughs> yeah. I'll just walk in tomorrow and I'll get it. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm midnight like, launches for more US thing, by the way. Yeah, I think, I yeah. Think. Because the only time, I've only done this once, midnight launch, and that was for Pokemon Sword and Shield. Hmm. Yeah, I think like the because that back then I used to and there was a big line. Yeah, and I live in a small town. <laughs> I remember so back then. Imagine I lived in, uh, in in near Rotterdam, and I remember like when Call of Duty came out, and like a, co- a couple of these games, they would always do midnight launches at the Media Market or something, and people were like lined out. I'm like, it's Call of Duty. Uh, I'm not gonna break, uh, uh, sacrifice my sleep for this. I'll just buy it another exactly. time, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I did, however, have um, luck because when the uh, the 3DS came out, um, I had a friend working at the at a at a game mania. Oh, nice! Um, at the time, so I I used her discount to get it. Oh, um, and I got it at launch day, and that was when the price was still like almost three hundred euros, um, and then like three months later, they're like, "Yeah, we made a boo boo." price drop also um everybody that bought it with the original price you become ambassadors and then we got all the the game boy advance games which i still have nice i'm really and i still have like so it came with the games and then also you got this like certificate Mm -hmm. which is just like an icon on your screen says that you're a 3ds ambassador but it also came with the privilege of pre-ordering an ambassador edition of the new 3ds oh which i bought the only way you could buy it was using a credit card and at the time i did not have a credit card so i had to borrow a colleague's credit card like hey i'll pay the money i just want to order this because i really want to get it because like you got it in advance before the game before the 3ds officially launched wow and it came with this uh really neat like the, the new 3ds of these these plates these face plates it came with these like exclusive face plates as well and i still have it i it's probably in the box somewhere in my void um somewhere behind these hills here um but um you should hike up the yeah. mountain to find it yeah i mean if you're watching this on youtube you see that i have hills behind me um 
the, the the hills of Japan. I am in Japan, <laughs> as you can see, obviously. So you know, it's uh, nice that we yeah, can do yeah, this with a, Fuji behind. Yeah, you. we can do this with a time difference. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, that was a that was really that was really cool. Um, so I got it early, the new 3ds. Nice. Um, and I still have it. I really love it. I spent a lot of time on the new 3ds. Because it got a lot of JRPGs, uh, so you can imagine. I missed out on I all of the Nintendo handhelds. I think the 3DS, the the DS and the 3DS is where I played the most varied amount of games. Most of them were JRPGs, but I played a lot of different games, a lot of weird, quirky games that I love to this very day, and that have been super cool experiences. Um, one of these games uh, that I always bring up, if you have a 3DS, especially now since they're closing the stupid eShop on the 3DS and Wii U. If you haven't picked up Pocket Card Jockey, please pick it up. It is a very good, very fun, solitaire game with horse racing made by the developers of Pokemon. Wow. If that's not enough to sell you on it, the soundtrack is amazing. And the characters are quirky and fun. After this episode goes live, we're suddenly going to see a spike in sales of that game. <laughs> I hope so. Honestly, I hope so because I, I, I kind of wish that they would do a sequel on Switch for this. I think it's such a niche game that they probably haven't thought about it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Ah well. Plus, they're working on Pokemon uh, Violet and Scarlet, which look amazing. Oh, I completely forgot about those. Yeah, that's because um, Thingy came out earlier this year. RCS. RCS. Yeah. And that's also an amazing game. Which oh I still God. haven't played. I bought it, I still haven't played it. Please play it. I'm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, anything else you want to talk about? No, I think uh, we can leave it at this, because the next part would be PS4 and, and Xbox One and Switch. We can get, yeah, yeah, we can get into that a bit more deeper. Yeah. All right, so will you do the honors? I will. Um, thank you for tuning in for the for part three of this uh, special bonus series. Um, as you can see and notice, we are very excited to talk about and go down this trip down memory lane with all this nostalgia. Um, I certainly suddenly want to buy a lot more stuff from back then <laughs> than before I started the series with Max. So... Um, Thank you for tuning in. You can find this episode on your favorite podcasting platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Stitcher, Google, um, wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, we're also on YouTube. The episode also goes live the same day and time. Um, you can find the link for it in the episode description of the audio version, or if you go to uh, our Instagrams, at uh, GameRivals or at Maximilian underscore X, there's a link in the bio. And you can find all places where you can find the audio and the video version of the podcast. Um, you can reach us through email, gamerivalsfeedback at gmail.com. On Twitter, it's at Maximilian underscore X and at game underscore rivals underscore. On Twitch, it's uh, game rivals. Oh, uh, it's uh, Maximilian underscore X and Sean Templar. On TikTok, it's at game rivals and at Maximilian underscore X. Uh, well, Instagram I just mentioned, and that's basically it. Mm-hmm. On that note, I have been and always will be Sean Templer. And I have been and always will be Maximilian X. And we'll catch you in part four. Later. Later.